You're listening to the Worship Hearts Podcast, presented by Louder Than Stones. Hello and welcome to the Worship Hearts Podcast, the collision of spiritual growth, effective leadership, and practical application for worship pastors and lay leaders. It's a conversation about the fun, the facts, and the fear of leading worship, where every week we dive into the practical and spiritual joys and struggles of leading worship in a world of worshipers. Hello and welcome to the Worship Hearts Podcast, Episode 2. Yeah, we get to put you through this again. Two. Uh, yeah. The episode second. two. <laughs> we're on a roll. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, we're uh, <laughs> we're still figuring some things out. Still working some bugs out. We got a couple of microphones that we're trying out this go around, and um, and and some in ear pieces and all kinds of fun stuff that we get to deal with. So. Uh, hopefully our, our recording this evening is not in vain and, uh, we've not wasted, you know, 30, 40 minutes of rambling, uh, for the sake of not, but well, I, I guess we'll find out at the end and, and you guys get to find out with us. <laughs> find out. Yeah. So, um, we are, uh, the worship parts podcast as mentioned, and, uh, this is, um, kind of a long form discussion of worship of all kinds of details about worship, all kinds of issues and and the fun that is and the headaches that are and all types of things related to uh, worship and the worship industry, uh, the the mega church machine, the uh, the bivocational headaches, the personnel fun that we get to have, uh, really a literal um, plethora, we might say, of all the fun that we get to have with... Uh, plethora. Did you just say plethora? I, I said plethora, yes. Okay. Yes, yeah. I'm using, using the 25-cent words tonight. So There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to welcome you, and, and thanks for joining us this evening. Our conversation tonight is going to... Um, well... I would say let's kick it off with Scripture. We're, we're, we're taking a, a portion of John chapter 4, which is, if you are familiar with worship in Scripture, uh, which hopefully as a worshiper and as a leader of worship you are, um, then you're also familiar with John chapter 4. And, uh, it, you know, it, this particular passage could be taken a couple of ways. Um, and I've heard a lot of uh, pastors who who go at it from the perspective of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman and, and the cultural issues that surrounded that. Um, but I think for us this evening, we're going to focus more on what Jesus says at the tail end of his conversation with the Samaritan woman, not, not to glaze over the cultural ramifications of what was going on, because they are important, right? Um, men, men didn't talk to women that they weren't related to, uh, at that time, it, it just wasn't wasn't a common thing. And, well, uh, and and the Samaritans were outcasts in the Jewish community. So even right. though they were Jewish, they were um, they were half breeds, as it was yeah. uh, to be considered that. So so and again, so, another notch in the 
difficulty of communication. So sure, sure. Um, and you know, I've heard, uh, preachers discuss the fact that she shouldn't have been at the well at that time of day anyway, because it wasn't the time that the women went to gather water for the day. Uh, so there's, there's a culture that goes into this section of scripture anyway, and, and a lot of history that is fun to investigate. But, uh, our focus this evening is going to be on verses 21 to 24, and we may bounce outside of that a little bit for, um, for some context, but uh, in particular, uh, those those four verses, and we're going to try and have those on the screen for those of you sh- those of you joining us via uh, the YouTube channel. Um, welcome to you as well. You get to stare at our uh, ugly mugs for the next half hour. I'm uh, Rob. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> some might find it uh, interesting and or uh, difficult to tell the two of us apart. Um, some people might think we're just schizophrenic and it's one person having a conversation with themselves. Uh, but we really are two people, um, separated by, uh, 24 years uh, by birth, by, yeah, <laughs> separated by birth. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, so it, there really are two of us. Yeah. So, um, well, let me, uh, I'll read, uh, I'm going to read from the NIV. I've also got the uh, NLT translation up as well, but we'll start the discussion, uh, and I'm just going to read through these verses, and they'll be on the screen as well as we go. So uh, John chapter 4, starting with verse 21. Woman, Jesus replied. We're starting off heavy right there. Uh, (laughs) Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for is from the Jews. Not for, but from the Jews. And verse 23, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers, and there's a word to hone in on right there as worshipers and worship pastors, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are a kind of, they are the kind of worshipers the fathers seeks. The fathers, the father seeks. I'm having trouble with words this evening. Yeah. Uh, verse 24: God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So, where do you want to jump in on that, Dad? Oh man, um, it, there's there is a lot there to unpack. Um, uh, the the simplicity of it is, uh, and this is um, because this is a worship heart. So to get to the heart of the matter, uh, I think is we have to identify a couple of things, um, and and we've already kind of brushed on uh, some of that via the um, cultural issues of Samaritan versus Jew, uh, male versus female time of day, those kinds of things. But I, I really think that the heart of the matter in this particular case is, uh, as Jesus points out in the scripture, that it has everything to do with who we are worshiping and not just where, as uh, Jesus is pointing out here in this particular conversation with the Samaritan woman. Um, she kind of uh, gets a little bit out of shape on where, uh, worship can take place, and Jesus reminds her it's more than just uh, a mountain here or a temple there. 
Uh, it really is about the heart of humanity and who yes. we are worshiping, uh, even more so than yes, how absolutely. we are worshiping. So, uh, so to really get down to it, so uh, the question then is, who, who are the the true worshipers to worship? Yeah, 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 and and uh, we get a little bit of a clue. Uh, the true worshipers. In verse 23, the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. We all want to be worshipers that the Father seeks. Absolutely. Um, and, and so what does it mean then to worship the Father in spirit and in truth? Well, first of all, we have to understand who we are yeah. um, and how we were created. And as we can go way back a few thousand years, as we know from the written scripture, that we as humanity were created in the image of God. And in that process, then there is what we identify as the Trinity or the triune God, which is the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. Mm-hmm. And if that is the case, we as humanity were created in that same imago deo or dia, then it is that we are created in the image of God, which then includes the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. Mm. Um, so we then as humanity, as a human being, have been um, somewhat replicated uh, if we can use that word, um, or created, actually a better way of being able to lay it out, that uh, we are in the likeness of who God is, mm. what God is, and even to a certain extent on where God is. Uh, because we find out then in John chapter 1, Jesus is identified as the Word, the written word, the living word, and that the word was with God and that the word is God, was God from the beginning and even now today. And uh, so we have the same idea that if this is the case, then we are all then created in that same image for the purpose of relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, in physical, spiritual, and mental uh, capabilities of of uh, worship and having that relationship with a holy God. It's pretty amazing. It really is, yeah. Um, I'm going to point to uh, Romans chapter 8, in particular verse 17. Uh, there's a, an old hymn uh, in the Nazarene Church, and I'm sure it, it uh, has expanded into other denominations as well. Um, but it, it speaks to uh, being joint heirs, uh, being the family of God, being joint heirs with Jesus. Uh, and in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, which means we inherit the kingdom of heaven. We inherit what God has has made for us. Um if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. 
So to, to kind of go along with what you were saying, yeah, we are made in the image of God. We are also co-heirs with Christ in this kingdom that God has created for us. Yes. Um, and it, it, I think, I think really just that in and of itself is a point of worship. Um, because it's that realization, that revelation of who God is and who we are to God. Yes. Uh, and the other part of that is I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Uh, somehow, and especially in Western culture, we have forgotten that we are all, we have all been created in that same image, uh, regardless of race, creed, religion, gender, yeah. all of that stuff. There is, there is not a separation of, uh, of waters and land in the aspect that we are all created in the image of God. We have all been so. Uh, and we, we so cheat ourselves by not allowing God to be first and foremost in our own lives uh, to help us to fully achieve our potential as humanity and as uh, individual humans that are designed to be full of grace and full of forgiveness and love and kindness and mercy Absolutely. Um, if we really believe that we are created in the image of God, then we also have to understand that God is bigger than anything else that creation has to offer. Yeah. And so yeah. if he's bigger because he created it all, and we agree with that. We, we believe that then all of the troubles in the world, though the scripture says we're going to have plenty no, oh, yeah. Because of the effects of sin having entered, um, we all get this grand idea and this grand opportunity to serve God first, and then in that process, because of our relationship with Him, we simply love and serve others because that's what we were designed originally to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, we are designed to worship. We are. We were made to worship, um, not not to steal the uh, more song lyrics. But uh, yeah, we we are made to worship the God who made us. Um, that that our, our purpose, our ultimate calling, um, as worshipers, uh, and then in particular, um, as worship leaders and worship uh, pastors, um, it it's. <laughs> I, I would tell my uh, my praise team, um, uh, my my whole my whole crew, my whole worship team, the band, everybody, um, even even the the lady that I had throwing words up on the screens and and my sound guy, you are worshiping and you are leading in worship because absolutely everybody involved, not only are they worshipers, but because you are in that in that place of being on the platform, not, not a, a haughty, Oh, look at me. I'm on the platform. But, right. but as the responsibility of saying what I do on this platform, what I do with the sound, how accurate I can be with the words influences and can 
or won't distract people from their worship experience. Right. So when right. you're involved in worship, when you're involved in a service, everybody is leading worship in that element. So all of those people involved are leaders in worship. Yes. Um, I, I may be the guy you know, telling us to go back and repeat a chorus again. I may be the guy that, that puts the worship uh, song list together. Uh, maybe even the the worship order for the Sunday morning, um, but everybody involved is leading worship. And, so. and you also may be the the person that stands at the front door and opens the door for people to oh yeah come yeah. in together uh, so that we can worship together. Um, and uh, again, to eliminate distractions, you know, if if you're in a place where the lights are turned down have a little flashlight with you so you can lead people to a, a seat oh, yeah. without stumbling over each other. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, without, and without having to turn the lights back on. And so without having to you know, turn the lights back on. That was, um, so to, to share a little more of my background, I, we touched on it in the first episode. If you haven't listened to it, uh, be sure to go back and give it a listen. Um, but, um, that was, the pastor that I was worshiping with, or the pastor that I was I was leading under, um, how how more difficultly can I say that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the my pastor at the time when I was leading worship uh, on go. a regular basis, um, his goal every week was to eliminate distractions, and that was the one thing that he yes. would go back to consistently with me was, okay. How can we eliminate distractions? And that was everything from how the lights were set up to transitions in between songs to okay, can we, you know where's going to be the best place to put to put the offertory so that it doesn't seem like it's the halftime show, or yes. uh, you know, is prayer at the end of the service the best thing, or do we need to leave worshiping with a song? Um, yes. Whatever whatever the case may be, but. To eliminate those those opportunities for Satan to creep in and say, "Hey, remember that other thing that you were needing to do today?" Yeah. Instead of being at church, or "Hey, remember that thing your wife said to you on the way into church this morning?" Oh, or, yes. you know, I mean, not to get too personal, but right. uh, but you know, Satan, the the enemy of our soul, will use any and every opportunity uh, that we give him, along with creating his own to invade our head and invade our space when, especially when we're trying to worship the creator of the universe. Oh, you bet. You bet. Uh, and, and in that, uh, it's not just about where, as this particular scripture uh, alluded to, it's not just where can we worship, uh, whether it's on the mountain or in the temple. Uh, but it is also because this again is a heart of the matter is how do we worship? Um, and, and how many different ways, uh, can we count, uh, or do we even need to bother trying to count them? Uh, it, 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 makes, uh, it makes the process a little more futile and, um, uh, what's the right word? Um, I don't know, as as if it's more of a duty to be performed 
versus it being a simple response mm. to the relationship we have, again, with a holy God. Uh, when we compare ourselves uh, not to each other, but to our Creator, yeah. the one that we were, the image that we, you know, behold, um, then it really changes how we how we worship. Um, uh, my pastor here in Oklahoma City uh, was told by his dad when he was 16, 17 years old and started having liberties on being able to take the truck and go to town and so on and so forth. Uh, his dad told him, he says, you're not just going out there like just you. Right. You're going out with my name. Hmm. You're going out representing this family unit. Yeah. Uh, it's not just you as an individual. Uh, but you're also representing the one that you are essentially, and Paul writes in Romans and I think in Corinthians also, we are ambassadors. Yeah. So yeah. So we ha we carry this this great responsibility of living like we say we believe. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, man. A lot of good stuff here, and and a lot of good stuff in this section of scripture as well. Um, so I want to I want to talk about a couple of things, and we can we can delve into both of these things. I think uh, more later. I don't want to get too deep off into them, um, but one is worshiping in spirit and in truth, and the other is which we've already touched on. I want to delve into it a little more, but the other is. And I think you've mentioned this already as well. Um, it doesn't have to be in the temple in Jerusalem, and it doesn't have to be on the mountain where Jesus talked with a Samaritan woman, um, or or where the Samaritans worshipped. Worship can happen anywhere. Yes, and it and it should happen anywhere. Yes, um, to to tie into what you were just saying about your pastor there, you know, um, we we do bear that name. When we're at work, when we're at the grocery store, when we're getting gas, when we're, you know, waving at people on the highway uh, with one finger or all five, either and way. Make sure you're using all of them, yes. <laughs> um, but the, that, that worshiping element, if we have that attitude of constant worship, um, you know, Paul tells us to pray continually all yes. the time in everything, um, and, and in that is worship. Um, it, it is being thankful for where we are and who God is and what He's done for us. Um, worship is that response to who God is and and His love for us. So we we should be worshiping all the time because everything that we have is given to us by Him. Yes. Um, and that means, and, and at times... <clears throat> at times there are uh we tend to get into ruts right yes where we we have to we have to be at this address at this time on a sunday morning for worship 
and and we build this attitude around a building or a particular gathering or um uh you know a, a particular time frame event um, yeah an, an event yeah and and absolutely uh, maybe it's a revival and it, man I, I i really worshiped at that revival yeah the, you know um okay why aren't you worshiping on a tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon um or you know at six o'clock in the morning when the kid starts crying and you got to get up and feed it and everything else you know there's there's if we if we approach worship from the attitude of we are worshipers and worship should be and and worship should flow from the revelation of who God is yes and it should be constant because God is big enough for us to worship him for an eternity yes <laughs> um then the building that we stand in at 10:30 on a Sunday morning doesn't amount to much Correct. That gathering is still important, and I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to miss out on that. That That's that correct. gathering is an important element of worship. Worshiping together with fellow believers is important, but we can idolize that gathering to to the extent where, well, if we idolize it, then it's above God, and we're missing the point. Correct. So. I'll back off of my soapbox for a minute. Sorry. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's partly why we're here. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that um, uh, this particular reference brings out also uh, is this idea that it's not just uh, the hour is coming and now is when worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, there's a word there. When the true Worshippers will worship. Um, again, this kind of it kind of brings us to the reality of who we are mm -hmm. in comparison to whom God is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, if if we want to be a little narcissistic and say that we're worshipers, we worship God, uh, we're believers. Um, uh, I think it was, um, uh, as one of the Wesley brothers, Charles or John, I'm not sure which one that talked about, uh, if you come to a place where you say you have been sanctified and you have grabbed a hold of that, then it's likely that you have still just missed it. <laughs> and, and the reality is, I don't think we should ever get to a place where we stop yeah. wanting more of God and a better relationship with God. Uh, and consequently, then that increases the 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 goodness, the betterness uh, of our relationships with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. At least from our uh, own point of view, uh, you you can do everything you can, everything you need to, to um, 
not make bad decisions in bad relationships. Um, but it, it may or may not keep someone else from not liking you. Uh, and, you know, uh, but on your part, uh, the scripture says, if you know that your brother or sister or anybody has anything against you, you need to leave your offering at the altar and go and be reconciled with them so that the true spirituality, the, uh, connectivity with a holy God can be pure yeah, and it helps then uh, in uh, for me at least it helps me understand that I have a real responsibility to respond to people and not just react to people uh, in in all kinds of situations. Yeah, um, so I have to be careful sometimes on how if somebody says something to me and I may have had just a rough time or a rough day or something. Uh, sometimes I have to count to 10 or a hundred <laughs> in order to respond more effectively and more accurately with the grace of God, with the love of God. Um, so that what I am presenting again, as a, as an ambassador of who God is, that my relationship can be pleasing to him and it bring glory to who he is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man. All right. Well, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I do want to address one more thing, and it is kind of a soapbox issue uh, for me again. <laughs> um, but this is, I, I think it's important for people to understand. And, and those who are searching for the truth uh, will grasp onto this, I believe. And those who want to continue doing what they prefer will brush it off as just my interpretation of scripture. But um, verse 24, God is spirit and worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And in particular, that truth for the longest time, um, I had an understanding of this truth being the lyric of the songs that I was choosing. So there are songs out there, both modern songs and even some songs in the hymnal that are not doctrinally sound. They're not uh, biblically based or um, an accurate depiction of who God is. And... In in that regard, um, those songs do not speak truth. And to that end, then, for me, that meant we didn't sing those songs. If it contradicted what the Bible says as being truth, because the Bible is truth, Jesus is truth, Jesus is the Word, the Word is truth, then it's not going to happen under my leadership. Um, and, and I think that's an important... Uh, an important def dividing line for me personally when it sure. came to selecting music. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, and then I'll take it the soapbox route. <laughs> well, uh, here's my take on it. 
again, because we have been created in the image of God, uh, God created uh, all that there is, and and we can we can run that rabbit a long, <laughs> long way, um, it, it, and we can. We're not going to, but not tonight, at least. Um, but if God has created the beauty uh, in His creation and of his creation, then he's also created the ability and the availability for us to understand a little bit about it mm. and, and how then it can, it can interact and we can interact with it for the sake of using his creation as tools to worship him. Okay. Um, now, that being said, he gave us a mind. He gave us the capability of thinking and reason uh, and creativity uh, and visual. Um, uh, oh, good. I, I'm, the word is gone right now. Uh, <laughs> the old gray matter ain't what it used to be. Um, uh, although there's more gray there now than there used to be too. So, uh, but it, I'm, God has created creativity. Yes. And if he helps us to understand the colors of the rainbow and the beauty of the lily of a field that did no toiling of its own. Yeah. Um, then there is a lot to be said uh, about how we get to use those things in representing our relationship with Him. Now, okay, partly that is done through the written word, mm -hmm. uh, since we now have a language that we can use um, to describe things. Uh, and beings. Uh, unfortunately, the American English language lacks tremendously the true capability of descriptive um, definitions. Uh, in, and we even uh, have to use a word to describe the indescribable. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and especially then when we're talking about who God is in this process, you know, there's this fancy word. Uh, it's maybe a twenty-five cent. I don't know. It might be a thirty-cent word, but this idea of something that in God is ineffable. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's indescribable. Is it's unable to be defined. And if we're having to use words or come up with words to describe the indescribability of who God is and what he is, then aren't those descriptive words? Right. So we have all of these things and these opportunities, these availabilities to be able to do that through song, through poetry, through simple melodic combinations, uh, yeah. through paintings, through uh, the writing down of a specific script um 
uh, the, there's just lots of ways to be able to put two different types of matter together, uh, wood and metals that have been melted and refined and sanded and all, uh, to, again, to describe an attribute of who God is. We use mud sometimes, uh, yeah. and then we cover it in this nice thin layer of, of a metal called bronze, and, and we call it sculpture. All of these things are ways that we have to describe who we are and whose we are mm-hmm. for the sake of others being able to see God within us. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, we could go for a quite a long while just trying <laughs> to figure this out. Right. Um, and, and I think we will be uh, returning to this aspect as we go on throughout the days, weeks, years um, through this, because uh, everyone has their own understanding of who God is, what God is, where God is. Um, the uh, problem becomes uh, evident when um, when we as humanity decide to draw lines in the sand as to what God is not. And I think in a lot of aspects, um, sometimes it's easier to describe what God is not than it is what God is or who God is. Um, but it our own ideologies, our own ineffable ways of describing him don't change him. They don't change God. Yeah. Our understanding of God changes him not. That's right. Uh, and so we have to figure out a way to, to come to him in our innocence, in our purity, in our desire to know more about him versus us trying to fit him down into our little. Yeah. Or figuring him out or, or yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So absolutely. Well, I promised you uh, a soapbox and we can end the, the conversation off with this. Uh, and I have a feeling that it will come back up in future conversations as well. Um, but it, it, again, it ties into that truth element. Um, and, and it is, it is this, and I'm going to pull a couple of other, uh, passages of scripture. Ephesians five nineteen says, speaking to one another in Psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So, again, for me, for the longest, that truth element was, what does the lyrics say? And that was my justification for inclusion or elimination of spiritual songs of hymns at times um yeah. in in my music selection there are preferences 
as broad as there are people <laughs> Absolutely. on this planet. Yes. Um, and that's okay. And and God made us that way. Yes. That's appropriate. Um, and I think it's important to at least take into consideration and have an understanding of what the general preferences are of a group that you're trying to lead. That's an important foundation to have. Um, but... <laughs> and there's there's the proverbial but right when that preference becomes an idol when that preference becomes priority over the truth of who God is we're not doing it right there's Correct. something amiss Correct. and 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 I'll leave it right there for right now we need to wrap this one up <laughs> uh maybe we can talk more about that next week but uh but yeah, that that spiritual songs, hymns, psalms, they're all included. They all have their place. And we do need to be worshiping in spirit and in truth. Yes. In that element. So Yes. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation this evening. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to doing it again next week. If you, our wonderful listeners and viewers, are also looking forward to hearing us talk again for another 45 <laughs> minutes or so, uh, stay tuned. We should have another episode up next week. And in the meantime, be sure to check us out uh, on Facebook, on uh, our website, worshiphearts.org. And if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, uh, sh shoot us a message at messageworshiphearts at gmail.com. Tried to keep it super simple and super easy so anybody could do it, and uh, including ourselves, because sometimes yes. we, we struggle a bit with the technology. Um, but uh, yeah, shoot us a message. And if you are wanting to host us or have your district host us as an opportunity for um, a weekend for learning more about worship, maybe... Um, delving into some songwriting for your church, um, learning more about sound and video, um, maybe maybe dabbling a bit even in the uh, arts side of worship, uh, in the theater realm, and bringing some uh, passion play type elements too, and some skits and things like that to your worship service, and for, some simple backdrop, uh, yeah, even set design. Even even so. some platform design and, and lighting and things like that. Reach out to us. We want Absolutely. to be a resource for you uh, in that. And, and we have these wonderful little snippet weekends called Ready Weekends that we are going to be ironing out some details of as we begin to move forward. But uh, we're excited to have those opportunities um, in the near future. And uh, it's going to include all kinds of stuff. Uh, yes. There'll be some things that we can tweak to be a little more specific for uh, what you have involved there. And as always, it will include a good bit of worship and worship music uh, yes. in in that uh, element as well. So, Dad, it's good to talk to you this evening. Good to talk with you. And the Ready Weekend, our first one, um, yeah. we're finalizing a few things on details on a date. Um Probably by next episode, you will have a specific date that we can ha uh, hammer down. But it's looking like towards the end of April that we'll have our first ready weekend. 
Awesome. Available. And uh, we'll get you more details for that. So Worship Hearts ready, set, go, weekend. Yeehaw. Love to have you join us. And yeah, send us your questions and we'll we'll do what we can to uh, answer what we know. Um, we do have educational credentials and background experience as well in the worship arts field. Um, but also we want to just be able to partner alongside you and uh, worship with you and uh, be a resource, uh, rub elbows, uh, iron sharpens iron in the process of learning who God is and who God can be within us and around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So check us out on Facebook. We are on the YouTubes and uh, everything that we do, including this podcast, uh, can be found at worshiphearts.org. Thanks so much for listening and or watching this week. We will see you all next time. God bless.